Hi, this is Jackie, and today on Never the Empty Nest, we're going to discuss the five love languages and if it's possible to apply them outside of our own nest for the betterment of society. Stay tuned. Like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young, my mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her, doesn't matter what you have, the only thing you each other's helping hands Never the empty nest My mother always says Spread your wings and fly You can always come back to rest Never the empty nest My mother always says Wherever you may go to grow This will always be your home Hello everybody and welcome to Never the Empty Nest I'm Vanessa I'm Jackie and oh my gosh, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> it feels well, we, like my let's head. just announced that we miss Nikki today because she's on her way to Miami. Yeah, she is. Um, and we do actually know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to um, talk about the five love languages, which was a big thing that my mom always wanted us to learn about. There's, there's a book, there's a famous old book called um, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and we'll get into them. But before we get into that, mom, what is the most fun thing that has happened to you in the last 24 hours and the worst thing that has happened to you in the past 24 hours? I'll start with the worst. Um, I had to take my mom to the dermatologist uh, because she has this thing going on in her leg and her skin. It's a skin thing. And so they had to give her like five shots in her leg Aww. and she's a really good patient but it ooh it hurt so that that was the worst thing and not only the shots once you get to just boom 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 the shots it was the anticipation it's like going with kids you know ooh they're going to yeah. have this they don't know although i did tell her that she was going to get shots in her in her leg so that's over and and i'm very happy as is she fun is that I am going to get a really nice gift tomorrow. <laughs> what are you getting? Delivered to me. I know what it is, but you should tell everybody because it's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially coming from a non-gifting person. It's an eternity ring, a diamond eternity ring. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I only had to wait 25 years for that. Yeah. Well, I didn't wait because I never expected it, but it's a super fun. I haven't seen it, so I sort of saw it. a picture, but I haven't really seen it. But it's an eternity ring, which I love eternity rings. Well, my sister and I have seen it. We see everything that <laughs> our dad, our stepdad, just to clarify, since we've talked about dad and stepdad, we call him, he's like our dad, but to clarify, technically our stepdad gives my mom. So we, we yay or nay everything. And sometimes we have to like nicely nay things, but this one was like giant 17 yays. <laughs> right. I'm so happy it goes through that filter. Yeah. And the other fun thing that I just want to say is that we sat last night and watched an old movie of Goldie Hawn and Steve Martin, the out-of-towners, and I cracked up. So that was a lot of fun. If you've ever had, well, obviously you haven't, but everybody should have to have to watch a funny movie with my mom because she cannot stop 
laughing once she gets a laugh attack and then everybody in the room is cracking up and then it's a problem because you can't watch the movie. It's just like a giant laugh attack. For me, the best thing is that I'm packing soon because we're going to go to this place called St. Mary's in southern Georgia. And it, it, we're leaving tomorrow with the fam, with the, with the, little, the little micro fam, the micro nest with Taika and Marina and my husband and myself. And it's really close to Amelia Island and also close to this place called Cumberland Island, which is where JFK Jr. got married. And it was a big thing. I don't know if you've seen the, the photos, but it's like, it's like this gorgeous, like these ruins and this beautiful little chapel cathedral thing. And then they have wild horses on this island, I think. So I don't know, but I think it's going to be really fun. And you have to take a little ferry to get there. It's going to be a whole lot of adventures. And I'm super excited. And I think the kids are going to love it. And maybe I'm going to love it more, but <laughs> it's going to be super fun. Make sure the kids aren't tied up to you like prisoners, as Maman would say. Well, they're not going to go on the horses. No, I mean on the ferry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the not so great thing was that Taika fell and hit his head. And then I had to take him to the doctor because the next day he vomited. And when you have vomit and a head injury, you have to go tend to it right away. So we went and, you know, he passed all the tests. So there's nothing wrong. But what was really funny is how you're talking about like, you know, I swear nothing's going to happen because he was like, he was like, mommy, I don't want them to spray my eyes because he had gone to the ophthalmologist last and he thought that that's what was going to happen. But that is not what happened. But they did poke his little finger and I thought it was going to be terrible. But I was like, oh, my God, look how fascinating how the blood goes into the tube. Look how cool this is. Oh, my God. And I was like this. My husband says I sound like Blippi, like the, the character <laughs> on TV when I talk. when I get <laughs> She does. <laughs> and that's a terrible, horrible not compliment. But. I mean, I'm sorry. Blippi's wonderful for them. They love, the kids love him. So he starts getting really into it. Like I'm starting to influence the way he's looking at this blood and, and going into the tube. And when he's done, when the nurse is done, he goes, more, please more. And it was, I think, the first time that Vampirina. they had ever been asked <laughs> to take more blood. <laughs> A kid, he's three. Amazing. Anyway. I was thinking a lot about where we left off last time with food, right? Food and love. And I was thinking about a trip that I took recently to Tampa. It was a, it was a writing trip. I was um, reporting on the town, which is really cool right now. And maybe that'll come up at some point. But they have this restaurant called The Columbia. And it's the oldest restaurant in Tampa. It's from 1905. And it has all this history. And it's a family restaurant. And so like you could feel the layers of nesting in that place big time. And they have all these stories like uh, Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio used to go there. And they had a, there, there's a famous night where they had a sort of like a tiff and Marilyn went crying to the bathroom. And the woman who worked in the bathroom was like, there are, there's no man worth your tears. I love that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so they now have a, like a, some kind of platter named after them. <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was, um, I would, I was thinking about all of that because restaurants are these places that are so much family places, you know, like family owned sometimes. And then there are places you go and meet people and also places you break up at, like infamously people go break up at restaurants. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. In all this talking about food and family and, and thinking about how like food itself is a gift, 
we come into this episode, which is about love languages. And actually, the very first thing you said about what you're getting, which is this big gift, which is an act of love from Nene, which is what we call my stepdad. Everyone calls him that, which is weird because it means like little boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, let me clarify, in Cuban, um, it's a term of endearment. It is. Nene. And the literal translation is babe. Yeah. But it does not have the same connotation no, at all. No, definitely not when no. we say it. No, 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 <laughs> not even, it doesn't. Yeah. But one of the five love languages is gift giving and receiving, right? So like the five love languages are how you receive love. And we'll go over them. This is like super old and basic stuff, but it's really interesting to think about because my mom and I were talking about how in your nest, if you don't actually know everybody's love language, you can have, you know, twigs falling off left and right for no reason and fights for no reason just because you're not communicating or understanding the other person's love language. So here's what they are. Words of affirmation. So like, I love you. You look so great. You're so hot. Oh my God, you look so pretty. You're so proud of you. Did you like that example? (laughs) I'm cracking up on the other microphone. (laughs) That's an example of words of affirmation. That's so this is like, this is how you like to receive love, right? And you could take this quiz about which one is your love language and we're all percentages of each, right? So actually, if you go to fivelovelanguages.com, they have this quizzes section and you can figure yours out. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, words of affirmation is the first one. The second one is quality time. This is how you perceive love. Right. Because then you also go into how you give. Correct. And sometimes it's the same, right? Like we give what we we want to receive and vice versa on that whole cycle. But but here, the way that I'm talking about it right now is like how you best receive it, right? Um, Because that's how you're going to best communicate with someone when you know how someone else receives love or best receives it. So the second one is quality time, meaning you spend a lot of time together, right? A lot of important time together. You go on trips, you watch TV together, you go like Ignacio makes fun of me because he's like, do we really have to go to Target? All of us as an entire family? Like, can't you just go get the shampoo? And I'm like, no, it's such an adventure when we all go together. And more expensive. And more expensive because then there's more random things tossed into the thing. And then Taika wants all the toys. Of course. Yeah. And then acts of service. Um, So acts of service would be, um, you know, like doing the dishes for someone or making space for someone's day by knowing that, that they need, you know, a couple of hours. Or for example, for me, like when I really like I love my exercise time in the day as a kind of like, I need to get out of my head. And when Ignacio is like, when we're both like crazy and he's like, it's okay, go for your run, take your time, don't worry. And he's with the kids and he's like, that's a real act of service. A hundred percent. And then there's physical touch. So hugs, kisses, all the other stuff, you know, like PDA, public displays of affection. <laughs> All of that. And then receiving gifts. For example, your eternity ring, right? You're really happy about getting that. So what's your 
receiving love language like how of all of those and i'll say them again so acts of service people do acts of service for you and you're like that's my number one or physical touch or receiving gifts or words of affirmation or quality time i think that we all enjoy a combination of all of those but what's yours hold on i'm thinking i'm processing she's surprising me with she always does by the way (laughs) i never know what she's gonna ask so I always come in a little nervous. Uh, <laughs> because if she knows what it is, she just says all the stuff and then it's boring. True. When, Very yeah. true. So I think that for me, love is action. So um, although I do love to hear, I think everybody does. I love you. You look great. You did great. You're so competent. You're whatever it is that people tell us, right? Or may tell us. You are so competent. Yes, I was told that <laughs> yesterday. I said, oh, okay. You liked it. I liked it, yeah. Um, I think for me, love without action is sort of like an empty suit. You can tell me that you love me, but if you don't show me in deeds as well as I do, I can tell whoever it is uh, that I love, I love you, I love you, I love you. If those words are not deeds, then for me, they become empty. For me, it's service and quality time. I would say that it's, uh, you know, that they're tied there. And you have someone who is really good at service. Yes. And is all about like... Everything. The service person. I had to learn that. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I for sure am a gift receiving person. Like give me presents and I know you love me. (laughs) Also the reverse. I like to really think about gifts for people. You know, like sometimes I'm already buying Christmas gifts, for example, like if I I see things and and we're in the middle of what, July. So I really think about presents. And when I don't, I'm like, oh, I really need to slow down because I actually really enjoy this and I'm not doing it. And there's a problem here, meaning I love it. And she's a great gift giver. She's the best gift giver of the family, I have to say. And so I deserve the best gifts. (laughs) So you deserve the best. (laughs) I'm just sort of kidding. Uh, but I really do love getting gifts. <laughs> and I that was it was really funny because in our uh, Ignacio, my husband and I, before we got married, we did the whole church wedding and they make you do this like uh, it's like a retreat sort of thing before where they really grill you and they ask you a lot of things and you have to exercise. go through it is a great exercise. I have to say there's a reason to the to the madness there. And they ask you certain questions and one of them is like, what are the things that you you need or whatever it is, you know? And at some point it comes out and I was like, listen, I really need to get gifts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't run out, he then, you know, not all the time. I mean, like for my birthday and for, you know, Christmas and for my anniversary and for all those things, like I'm not like a, oh, you can just say happy anniversary and I'll be fine. Like, no, I, I need the gifts and just so you know like definitely when when we come into some serious money i would like an emerald and also (laughs) (laughs) i love it and also fyi i need to go to and this has nothing to do with with gift giving but he needed to know this Uh, i need to go to one new place every year like if we're gonna go to you know, Uruguay, and we've been there 10 times, that doesn't count. Like, it has to be like Uruguay and Croatia, because I've never been to Croatia. You know, it's like one new place. And it doesn't have to be with him, or I just have to do that, you know? 
But those things come out in the retreat. With him, I, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think Ignacio's love language is? Like his receiving love language. Peace and quiet. Yeah. I think it's acts of service in the sense of give him space. Space, yeah. Yeah. Like give me some quiet time. He's very, very earthy chill. Um, he also likes to go on our adventures, but you know. Yeah. But anyway, you have to know your other your your other people's love languages if things are going to work. Like my sister, she is a words of affirmation for sure. I think she needs to hear you look so good. Oh my god, I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> you oh my god in that outfit. You know what I mean? Like she has to hear that stuff and she always like when Jonathan tells her that stuff, she sends us texts that yeah. that he tells her. <laughs> so oops, the yeah. cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Now Jonathan knows. But the thing that I realized when I took the quiz this time was that I had taken this quiz before because my mom brought this up, brought these five love languages up when we were started to date. And when we were starting to date people or with who she potentially thought were maybe the wrong people. And I did it back then. And then I did it now. And they were different, except for the gift stuff, which is how I know it's the top one always because that one didn't change. But the rest of them changed and I think it's because of the person that I'm with and how their love languages merge with yours, like acts of service and all of that, that got higher up. You know what I mean? And then because we have kids, like personal physical touch went way down the list because it's like, <laughs> we're not even like... Whenever. It's like, uh, maybe like, you know, in like six months when this little one is <laughs> out of our bed. Uh, but whatever, you know what I mean? Yes. It's a different thing. So what do you think about that? I was like, oh my God, it changes. I didn't realize that you're... I mean, I guess you, you're not the same person all the time. You but. know, yes. And actually, when Carlos Nene... And I, um, we had a very short courtship, but when we were dating, which was about four or five months, and then um, it, uh, married, I realized, I think, okay, he's not a gift giver. And I missed, not missed that, but I was surprised Then I actually back then said, well, I guess gifts are important to me. But what happens with the love languages, I find in this conversation, now that you're saying that, is that we can be conditioned to interpret love through one of these languages, and it may not be well-founded. Let's say, in my previous relationship, I received a lot of gifts. Gift, 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 gift. They were Some of them were amazing gifts, and many of them were gifts that were amazing, but not amazing to me. And then I realized when I went into this other relationship that gifts were important to me. But as I, and because the gift giving in that first relationship was not synonymous with love. For you. For me, obviously, For in that. Why was it not? Because uh, going back to love is action, you may give me this gift now and make me miserable Mm -hmm. you know, the rest of the time. So, and, but I see it as that you can also be in a relationship conditioned to interpreting, oh, this is love. Oh, this is love. Right. It may or may not be. When I went into the relationship with Carlos, 
Uh, then I said, okay, he's not a gift giver. That's fine. Because he is an amazing service mm-hmm. person. He'll anticipate the need. He's there with whatever. That's yeah. really interesting to see. And then that's why going back to my eternity ring is that uh, obviously he says he's been saving this for many years and he told me something he had never told me, which he said that the day I married you, I thought that one day I would give you a very nice eternity ring. Oh, he's just been saving it. Yeah. And uh, he wanted to give it to me when, when in our 25th year anniversary. So you see, for me, that act Mm -hmm. is more of a gift than the ring itself. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. The whole yeah. But what's interesting is, I mean, when I think of Nene, I definitely think of acts of service in the sense of like, how many times did he move us for like in and out of apartments, up and down in New York staircases that are, you know, with walk-ups without elevators. Just so many things. I just like am tired just thinking about it, you know? Like beds and this and that, just all that stuff every single year over and over and over again. And obviously that's love for us and you, you know, like because we're your kids. But also he was like, you guys were really mushy at the beginning of your relationship. Do you remember that? We were what? Mushy. Mushy, you guys yes. Like- well, he's very mushy too. As, yeah. uh, he's more mushy than me, but I'm also very, I love yeah. you. I touch you. I, my, you know, now, mm-hmm. now I, even my friends, you know, I like to, you know, mm-hmm. pat you and. Yeah. I think that that was huge. Like you guys were so, my sister and I were teenagers when they got married and we we're like, oh my God, this is so gross. They were like feed each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we thought it was gross in a cute way, but we were like, oh, they would feed each other and like holding hands all the time. Like they couldn't even like cross a pole in the middle of the street and break the hand holding. It was like a walk around the thing. It was like really ridiculous. We still do that. Yeah, I know. I'm saying you guys have physical touch is in your is in your game. But I think that's common. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. How do you know? If it's yours or if you're adapting to someone else, or does it matter if it's, if it's, if it's happy? Do you know what I mean? Like if it's content, a good merger of like, harmonious. yeah, like I didn't actually have that love language, but I really understand it now. And actually this is an act of love because I'm really, what I'm doing is understanding your love language. You know what I mean? And that- it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's dynamic. I think it changes, or or I I don't want to say change. I it, it evolves. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to separate them. The the five lung language. We're just stronger in one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably that's what happens. So we may misinterpret somebody else's love or feelings because we don't understand that this is what happens. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah, that's like. Anybody who knows Iggs and me know that Iggs likes to give me jeans <laughs> because he likes jeans. <laughs> but he does give the best but jeans. He get- and then now I like jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and I never wore jeans before, really, which is probably the, why the first intent to give me jeans. But then it was like, Oh, he actually knows a lot about jeans and look at all these brands that are really amazing. You know, it's very funny and silly, but it's just part of the part of the little the game. <laughs> I wonder if if all of these will be totally and completely different in 5 years. 
like with the same person. Because what I realize is that, in other words, what we're saying is that it can change with different people, but within the same relationship or the same family, can it also change? Because you change or not? I'm trying to think in my relationship, which is longer, much longer than years. yours. Yeah. I think basically they've stayed the same, but yeah. I think that you get to appreciate them more and more and more and more all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Because it's usually, you know, when it's real, it's constant. It's consistent. Yeah. What is Maman's love language? Maman's love language. Is there a, a sub? Like food? No, like food. <laughs> I think that's acts of service. Like making, right? Right. She always wants to feed you, make like, you food. A lot. She doesn't eat anymore. I mean, oh, no. <laughs> she does She eat doesn't a cook lot. anymore. She still eats, thank God, <laughs> even in her depression. In fact, my mom was just saying, asking me whether I had bought this bag of uh, plantain chips <laughs> yeah. and whether I had bought another one because they were all gone because my grandmother ate like two bags in a day. Yes. So she definitely eats. Oh, my husband is delivering a letter <laughs> under the door. <laughs> is, is it a, a love, love letter? It's hilarious. Uh, I think it's a statement, like a bank statement. <laughs> I think he's worried. Um, okay. But Maman's is feeding people. Feeding people, for sure. For sure. And then in order to love her, you have to get over the fact of how many times she's going to make you eat and literally try to feed you from the moment you walk in the door. But in an annoying, horrible way, that if you don't love her, you're like, lady, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, my God. It is so true. Yeah. And her feeding is very different from what Papan's feeding was. Mm -hmm. His was all about let's cook together and make the food and all kinds of weird things. But, but her, she has to make sure that you have food in your system. And that yeah. you're not going to starve today uh, to death. At some point, we thought that you know, sometime during her childhood, but we found out not that <laughs> that she did she starve. I mean, did they have issues with food? But yeah. no, it's just that she's concerned about that. Well, I mean, she did have that moment where she couldn't feed the smallest one while they were in 23 days at at sea, yes. and all they yes. had was like the trauma, the trauma of not having enough. Yeah. Like she didn't have milk anymore, and then there was no not enough cans of it and i think that probably has something to do with it but you know we all have our trauma that then feeds into our love languages how do we then expand this to the wider net especially meaning like the world and like social justice you know what i mean like how do we look around and say okay there's a lot of divisiveness right now you could say in the united states definitely from 2020 on how do we learn to read each other's love languages because something I think that happens is that we don't allow each other to actually express them and especially when we're trying to really anchor our space and feel like we haven't had a voice for a very long time and now it's my turn to speak and now you know there's all of these voices that are kind of doing that and then what happens when you're like hang on hang on because actually actually do have to listen to everybody's way of speaking and loving which is totally different I've been thinking about that. I don't know if you have any enlightening thoughts. You don't have to. It's just something I'm thinking about, like how to apply this to the broader nest. 
To consider love languages is to consider love, the giving and the receiving. So it's a, it's something that we as, I'll say as the planet, but I know that some cultures are more in tune with that than others. So I think I heard Elizabeth Gilbert say this once. I had the immense pleasure of having with her and Elizabeth McKeeley a uh, culinary creative retreat in, in Puglia, Italy. Oh, yeah. My mom went on a retreat with them. And, awesome. and at some point she was talking and she said, wait, 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 you know, let's, let's let love into the room. Who's this, Elizabeth Gilbert? Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And so I said, wow, everything changes when you let love into mm-hmm. the room. Everything changes. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, as Vanna was saying, you know, everyone, uh, we all have trauma, personal and, and, and cultural and societal and, and all kinds of traumas, right, that we're trying to, I think, confront now more than ever, probably. Once you let love into the room, everything changes. I've experimented this in my little world and my little nest. It's like, when you know, the simple story that Vanna was saying about my mom with her food thing. It, it's really unnerving. Mm-hmm. Like, you really want to go away and, and leave mm-hmm. the room. Right. But once you let love into the room, you see and feel that yeah. in a completely different light so i think that using elizabeth gilbert's words Mm -hmm. not mine letting love into the room is i think a first step yeah yeah and i had i had written a martin luther king jr quote darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can do that hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that which is real and I, I think that when, when we listen to a protester or someone who's trying to scream something, we have to just stop and let in some light and love on all sides of that because there's a whole lot of history behind that. And it's on every side. You know what I mean? Like it has to come into the entire room. It can't just like light up one. But the more light you give, the more the more it's abundantly there right uh, uh, yeah contagious. that's absolutely right um i also it's hard uh, it's so much easier to say than actually do you know what i mean oh, yes yes and yeah. obviously then then you know you uh, discernment comes into all of this and 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 you have to know who you're dealing with all the time and and uh some situations don't merit any time in, in that moment and the yeah. best thing to do is but but when, when love is in the room even for your own sake the involvement while you're there is so much softer and calmer and uh, yeah i think next week we're going to be talking to uh selmira crespi and the book happy mom happy kid that's the title, right? It's right yes. behind you. Is it? Happy mom, happy kid, I think. But like after that, there might be uh, some space for us to talk about what we learn in the nest and really expand this idea of like what social justice is and like what the bigger nest of our communities are. Because that's, I think, something super interesting. And I think it's something that we talk about when we started to talk about like churches and all kinds of other communities and things like that. 
yesterday, I went to go speak to an LGBTQ advisory board about issues in Cuba and why it mattered, like what activism in Cuba had to do with the board that's here in Miami and like what it would mean for us to shine light over to the island and back at the activists who are speaking out. So like, what is it that we learn with our love languages in our space that we can then expand out into the world? But that will be for another episode because that's a very long conversation. Yes, it is. <laughs> and that said, if anyone hears this and is inspired by it and wants to talk to us and reach out or has an idea of, of who might be a great guest on the show, we are super welcome to hearing all of that. We hope to be around for seasons to come. And so we, we're we super, super open. Yes, because we're baby podcasters. Baby casters, baby podcasters. <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> <laughs> all of us. So yeah, we'll leave you with uh, love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. That's William Shakespeare. <laughs> All's well that ends well. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. All of your success, she says, all the great things are